0: The Beacon, celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable.
1: Hey, well, all right. Good morning. Welcome to The Beacon. My name is Steve Woods. I serve as your host. The Beacon is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. Coming to you on 960, The Patriot in Phoenix, Arizona, and also via podcast wherever you happen to find your podcast. So if you've tuned in, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the program. Uh, If it's your first episode, welcome. If it's not, Uh, Welcome back. And uh, we're just so glad that you've chosen to listen today. Uh, I share uh, the mic uh, again today with my co-host and friend,
2: Jeff Blake, the superintendent of Phoenix Christian. Greetings, Jeff. Good morning, Steve. And thank you. And I think I speak for our listeners. The last few shows have been personally encouraging for me. Um, These shows are a blessing to us both. I think We both reflect after they're done and we learn and grow so much. And this morning is really no exception from that.
1: Well, there's no question. I think that uh, it's funny because uh, every every week, it seems, I look back and go, wow, that was just exactly something God had, uh, hopefully for people who are listening, but definitely for me personally. And so, you know, today's no exception. I'm really, really excited about um, our topic today. I'm thrilled and honored to have our guest today, Jeff, and I'd like to have you introduce
2: uh, Dr. McGee, if you would, please. Well, you bet. And I'm going to introduce Dr. McGee from a couple different dimensions. Uh, first, we were mutually introduced through a a mutual friend and supporter of Phoenix Christian and someone who works tirelessly in the heart of our city, um, Danae Pierre uh, and the Surge Network and Roosevelt Community Church, really promoting um, awareness and the and the opportunities for us to love each other. And through that uh, passion and, and connection and sharing of, of mission and vision, she introduced us to Dr. Jeff McGee. And Dr. McGee uh, led our faculty and staff in a Zoom uh, professional development during quarantine on how to be more, respectful and aware of the diversity and how best to love the students that God entrusts to us. So so from a professional development angle, we have the opportunity to engage with Dr. McGee. Dr. McGee also serves on the Board of Trustees of Phoenix Christian Preparatory School and we're grateful for that. However, this morning, um, it is our honor to celebrate uh, Dr. McGee's book, One Human Race, Five Stages to Empowering Transformative Change. And with all of that in mind, Dr. McGee we just on a, from Phoenix Christian and Steve and I and everyone welcome to the program this morning and we're eager to learn from you
3: thank you for having me I'm really really glad to be here and very excited to uh, just be a part of the conversation and part of the great
2: work that uh, Phoenix Christian is doing in the community and with the students you bet and as we as we leap into the book we love to start off the show uh, learning about you and who you are and your story um, a, a personal connection with you. And in doing that, I wonder if you could also draw into uh, the narrative of Introduction of Yourself. Um, also, some events in August of 2009 that that led to the development of the book. But first, help, help us to get to know about you. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I am, uh, I, you know, I'm born and raised in, uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm born and raised there. And yes, I'm a Steeler fan. And I'm in mourning right now, but uh, I am a longtime time fan. Well, you
1: haven't had to mourn too often, Dr. McGee. This, the Pittsburgh has a pretty long-standing tradition of excellence in the football yeah. program. so.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's very true. But uh, yeah, so I, I moved to uh, Arizona about uh, eight years now. And uh, just uh, I love it out here. I love the beautiful weather. And I uh, just met a lot of really great people uh, out here in the community. And uh, so I, I actually grew up in the, in the church. My uh, family, my, uh, my grandma actually was uh, the pastor of our church um, and back in Pittsburgh. And then when she passed away, uh, my, my dad uh, took over as the, the pastor of the church. So I grew up in a Christian home. And uh, just like you know many people, when you grow up in a, as a preacher kid, you sometimes don't stay on the right course. So I decided to venture out a little bit. Uh, But then, you know, God's always calling and uh, knocking at your heart. So um, God uh, knocked on my heart many years later and, you know, came back to Christ and then have been serving him ever since for the past uh, 13 years now, I think, 14 years actually now. Uh, And just loving everything God's doing in my life and just really excited about that, my faith journey right now.
2: I was So you've written a book in all your spare time, too. How'd you pull off that? Yeah, it's,
3: um, I, I would say, you know, it, it's it's something that's been in the works for a while. Um, I really use COVID uh, and being secluded as a means to write a book. Uh, I had a little bit more time on my hands. <laughs> so, you know, I decided uh, over the summer last year to write a book and, uh, and I, I can talk a little bit more about that you know, later, but yeah, I did it over the summer. <laughs>
1: well tell us a little bit about what you're doing when you're not writing books and uh yeah what is your your day job if you will
3: yeah so my day job i um i i'm a ceo of a consulting firm and we work within the secular and non-secular spaces and train leaders and work with leaders and their teams on just building more inclusive and equitable places for everybody um, and uh, we do consultant training uh, opportunities for leaders to grow in these areas of understanding things like race and diversity and, and understanding how we can uh, better collaborate and build more innovation and creativity and per- productivity within our organization. So I do a lot of work with pastors, a lot of work with Christian leaders. Um, that's the perspective and the framework that I use. But like I said, I also work within Secular spaces too, um, as far as, you know, the nonprofits all the way up to the federal government. We do work and contracts for
1: It's interesting. I remember uh, A mentor of mine who talked about, you know, professionalism in the workplace, whether it's a nonprofit or or on the corporate side or whatever And just saying that, you know, a professional is somebody who's who's good at what they do They know they're good at it, but they're always working to get better And I think that last component really speaks to what you're saying. And, you know, it's encouraging to know that you've had a chance to come into an environment like Phoenix Christian and do professional development. And, you know, you're working within various churches, although, you know, there's some sort of an unspoken and yet very real expectation that churches just don't have any dynamics issues in the workplace that because they're just their churches, those people are supposed to have it all figured out. And I just don't know that anything could be further you know, from the truth. So great that you're in that environment and then in the corporate setting too. I mean, truth is truth, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I love about the work I do, especially in a corporate setting, because I can use biblical truth without addressing them as biblical truth in the corporate environment. Uh, And I love that about it. That's probably one of my favorite things to do.
1: (laughs) I love that too. And you know, if it was a television show, you'd see how we're both beaming and smiling because you know, earlier in my career, I had an ex- experience. It was a corporate training company based here in Phoenix, and I had an opportunity to go through some sales training. And so we were there and and going through this four-day session, very nice, you know, setting the, the old Ritz-Carlton, uh, you know, r- very near where our station is uh, that we broadcast from. But anyway, in this session, about the second or third, you know, uh, meeting, I went up to the facilitator and I said, wait, time out here. I said, everything you're telling me is just biblical wisdom. All we're hearing about is, you know, things from Ecclesiastes and from Proverbs and all you're, you're just ripping off God's word and not giving chapter and verse. He goes, ah, you got me. You know, he goes, yeah. that's the truth. He said, you know, all wisdom uh, as it relates to the things that we're talking about is based in scripture. And so. You know even a very popular book like the the seven habits book that uh, dr covey did years ago you just you look at that the root of all of that truth that makes for better living comes out of god's word
3: and uh so you, it's not a small thing that you hit on there right yeah it, it's not and it, it, I, I love it and yeah i've been called out many times by people in corporate settings uh on that very uh, idea uh, and and it's just it's great to be able just to share God's word whether you, you know, implicitly or explicitly it's, it's great to just share God's word.
1: I like it. it. Sounds to me like you're a you're a preacher in line with the family heritage. You know, uh, <laughs> disguised as a uh, facilitator of of uh, relationships.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's just again it's such an honor to have you on the program we're so delighted and and we're so grateful for the investment that you make in a variety of ways and and not the least of which serving on the phoenix christian board thanks for your involvement uh you know with pc and we're like i said we're proud to have pc as a sponsor of the program and and again grateful to have you here so you know um it's interesting our our last guest on the program for those that might have missed it was a gentleman by the name of ken kington and he said the same thing you did. He had a book that was in mind that needed to be written. And, uh, and God provided COVID. He provided, you know, that time. He's somebody who does a lot of dates, um, speaking and entertaining over the course of the year. And then all got shut down. So uh, how long after things changed dramatically in March, did you realize, hey, this might be God's provision to have the time to work on the book?
3: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny because um, right around March, April, I started feeling I need to write something. I remember writing probably the first paragraph of the book in March, and just kind of putting it on, on the back burner. And then kind of towards uh, June, I would say, and I started getting this fire that I need to write this book, this has to uh, uh, be written. Um, and just like the previous guest, you know, I'm always out, right, I was always out networking, I was out doing uh, speaking engagements. So I really didn't have time to write a book. And I just felt like God said, now you have time. So. Mm-hmm um uh, again being, you know quarantine in my house and not being able to go anywhere i had, i didn't have an excuse you know i just uh sat down and just started writing uh and i'll get into that a little bit later but it's, it's from years of research so it's not like i just wrote off the top of my head so to speak uh, it's, it's through years and years and years of research and everything culminated into this book
1: well that's really great and uh you know we can all benefit from that jeff i mean i'm so thankful that uh i have you know exposure to and an opportunity to uh interact and and learn from dr mcgee and and uh you've had a chance to read a little bit of the book give us your first impression
2: well you bet and as a christian educator one of the the fundamental premises that we operate by is viewing everything from a biblical perspective and dr mcgee as as you read your book and engage with it you've you've framed much of it from a from a biblical understanding and and just a a brief uh, moment here can you kind of give us an idea of a uh, big picture viewing race from a, from a, <laughs> it's almost an impossible question, but from a biblical perspective. Yeah, you have
3: 30 seconds. Knock it out. <laughs> yes, 30
0: seconds. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Very simple. God created one race, He created the human race. And He did not create different races and specifically to have superiority in one over one and the other. He created one human race that He's calling for salvation. That's basically what it is.
2: Dr. McGee, you nailed it, and um, <laughs>
3: you,
2: you did, you pulled off the impossible, and so we get the opportunity over the next few segments to really unpack that, what that means um, from you and from an academic perspective and from a and from a personal perspective, and to draw you into the narrative. And I want you to know, too, as a, as a Christian school located right in the heart of the city that believes that each and every student is an eternal, cre- eternal creation with God with the eternal value for their soul, and all these students come together every day and to allow someone like you to speak into us as we better serve them. Mm-hmm. It's just an extraordinary opportunity and give you the opportunity this morning to really to speak to our audience, learn from you, your story, your heart. And as we come back, Dr. McGee, I'd love to begin with that story from August of 2009 that inspired you to really begin to think from a new framework okay. on how to view and understand.
1: So okay. Come back and learn about the five stages to empowering transformative change. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for Dr. McGee for being on the program.
0: The Beacon is presented by Phoenix Christian, a school celebrating excellence in education since 1949. Learn more at phoenixchristian.org.
1: Hey, well, welcome back to The Beacon. Uh, My name is Steve Woods. We're so thankful that you've tuned in. Today, I also have with us uh, here on the program, uh, Jeff Blake from Phoenix Christian, who sponsors our program, Thankful for Phoenix Christian and for sponsoring The Beacon. On The Beacon, we celebrate ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And today, our guest is Dr. Jeff McGee, and uh, we're talking a little bit uh, in summary and as an overview about uh, his new book, One Human Race, Five Stages to Empowering Transformative Change. Dr. McGee, thank you again for being on the program today.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Glad to be here. You know, Jeff has alluded a couple of times to an event in your life or a season of your life back in. 2009 and uh you know in keeping with the theme how god sometimes uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable why don't we pick it up there and have you give us a little background and how even back then god was maybe preparing the way for some of what you've learned and can now share and communicate through the book
3: yes absolutely absolutely yeah in uh in in 2009 in august of 2009 i had uh i was visiting a friend in uh fresno california and I had just gotten, came back to Christ about two years prior to that. So I was, you know, growing and learning more about God and really digging into the word. And I was visiting my friend and uh, her and her, her family, they were having a church service on a Sunday and they were having church actually in a park. So it wasn't in a traditional building. They were actually, they called it church in the park um, that particular Sunday. And it was in a very um, under-resourced community. Uh, very low-income community and I I remember like it was yesterday just going out there and I went to volunteer to help I was in town so I just went to volunteer and she and her husband were in the choir and as I was out there volunteering I I met a guy Um, he was from uh, Mexico and uh, he came to the United States probably about 20 years prior to that and him and I just got to talking, and he started sharing his testimony with me. And it was his testimony that really, really shook me and really uh, started me on this journey. And I remember him sharing that he was married, he had children, and he somehow got addicted to uh, drugs. And he lost his wife, he lost his family, he became homeless, he lost his job because of his addiction. And he said when he started coming to his senses sometime later, uh, he knew that he needed to go to church to get help. For some reason, he knew church and help (laughs) was uh, synonymous. So he said he went to the first church uh, and the first church he went to did not let him in. They told him that he had to get clean before he came into church. He went to a different church, as he explained it to me. They told him he wasn't dressed appropriately. He didn't have on a suit and tie, um, so he needed a dress appropriately to come to church. Another church told him that he would probably be feel more comfortable going to a church with people that looked like him. Um, uh, another church I remember, he went in and sat towards the front. They told asked him to sit towards the back, um, and told and it made him just feel really bad. So he was just saying church after church would not accept him until he found the current church that he was in. Um, And they helped him to get clean and change it and turn his life around. But the whole uh, story behind that and the the takeaway from that was the idea that the church rejected someone. Um, And I remember him sharing his story and I got very emotional in that moment. And I remember on my flight back home from Pittsburgh, which is, you know, or I'm sorry, from Fresno to Pittsburgh, I remember I, I was in tears the entire time, the entire flight um, for days. I just could not get his story out of my head. And the fact that a church would reject somebody, um, and then I started thinking and praying about that. And I remember um, on the plane, God, where has the church gone that we're rejecting people from help? And I felt so crushed and I remember God saying to me, I understand how you feel, but how do you think I feel? And I remember God saying that to me so vividly and that just broke my heart. Christ died for the church. He died for everyone and for, and for the church to reject people. It was just heartbreaking to me. So that started me on my journey of just understanding why, why are we rejecting people? And one of the main reasons why uh, and we can, we'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, one of the biggest determinants and the biggest factors here in the United States but in particular is the concept of race and the idea of race and how we're so divided over race. And that's what really started my journey in 2009 and digging, starting to dig a little bit deeper into the biblical and even our cultural um, understanding of, of, of race and what race is.
1: We talk about a pivotal moment, you know, uh, isn't it interesting how God picks, not that we can choose or even see it coming sometimes, a moment, an interaction that was going to shape uh, the heart that he gave you for the journey that you're on and for the passion. I, and I have to believe not one of those churches that he cited as an example had their, their Tuesday staff meeting and got together and said, okay, hey, this week, how can we reject more people? How can we reject somebody that comes in with an issue? And yet without ever having that as a goal, all too often it goes on and and we're not singling out the church because it happens in every setting. Um, and, and it's just, it's just, uh, it has to break the heart of our Lord and savior Jesus Christ and it ought to break our heart, but we're so, you know, and, and I'm the first to raise my hand and say, I think I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, Shaped that I don't even see it. I don't even have I mean make it on a, a much more personal level You know, I mean I've been my wife and I'll celebrate the 40th anniversary of our first date next Next week or next month rather and man I just don't know how to communicate how much I love her and yet on there have been days over those years that we've been together without ever having it as a goal that you know um, I've 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 said and done things that were hurtful. So it's like it's just, it, maybe it's as simple as our sin nature. Maybe it's as simple as we have this flood that we, this carcass that we carry around that constantly competes uh, for what really the Lord wants to see come out of us. Is that the deal?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I really think, you know, we, we, as a, as a church and I, again, like you're saying, I'm, we're not, I'm not trying to make fun of the church or talk about a church, but we have to talk about real issues we right? Have to talk about reality. We can't, mask it anymore uh and, and there's issues all over this country when it comes to to church you know we we all know uh dr martin luther king jr said the most segregated hour of the of the week is sunday at 11 o'clock right mm-hmm. um and, and and it's and it's so it holds true today still mm-hmm. and it's not just segregation in the way we look it's just how we think also and and, and even recently in our uh political climate that's really divided us too as a church and so we have race and we have political we're just divided as a church and that's not what the body of christ was it is is supposed to be representation of
1: well you know dr mcgee jeff you know i think this is gosh it's just not an accident that your book is out when it is that the timing the platform is set the way it is i mean the table is set and and one of two things is going to happen for all of us we're either going to say you know what i'm going to stop pump the brake take a new look and listen to see if I can gain some better understanding or I'm gonna harden my heart and go down the other route. I'm hoping that our listeners today will come back in this next segment and maybe, just maybe, listen in a way they haven't before, come away with some tools and some understanding that we haven't before. If you're listening to this episode of The Beacon, that's not an accident. Stay with us, come back to this next segment and let's hear what God has to say through Dr. McGee.
0: The Beacon is made possible by Phoenix Christian and listeners like you.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Beacon. Uh, my name is Steve Woods. I'm your host. We proudly air on 960 The Patriot in Phoenix, and wherever you get your podcast, you can find the Beacon. Thanks for tuning in today. Again, if you're just tuning in, we have with us Dr. Jeff McGee, and uh, he has uh, recently released has recently released a, a, another book in one human race uh, Five stages to empowering transformative change. Dr. McGee lays out a, um, a couple parts a history of biblical uh, Account and, and historical account of race the concept of race and other terminology that can be misunderstood sometimes and then also introduces to Introduces the reader to a practical and theoretical model that equips leaders to dismantle system, systemic racism through the love the empathy and the compassion of Jesus Christ. So, Doctor McGee, this segment's fairly short, but we want to give you a challenge. Let's give give us Jeff and myself and those listeners that are tuned in um, a, a, a crash course on. Hey, here's one tool that if you if you can listen and and really have an open mind and understand this one concept today, it's going to make a difference in your relationships.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think you know one of the things that that I tell people is. When we're talking about race, people tend to push the pause button or change the channel because they're just overly saturated with this, with talk about race right now. But as Christians, as believers, we have to start tackling these problems and these issues. We have to start addressing them head on. And, and so, one of the things I, I tell uh, uh, listener, listeners and my uh, clients is let's have an open heart. Let's listen, right? Let's instead of talking, let's listen. <laughs> um, if we can learn to listen, Learn to uh, use critical thinking and say hey, let me learn something new. We can really start diving into some of these understandings One of the things that uh, when it comes to race I really want to highlight this is our understanding of what race is and what race isn't and there's a misconception That you know, yes, we're all one human race But then there's also this idea of there's what's called the concept of race, which is two different things Um, And the reason why I I labeled the book one human race from a biblical standpoint We are one human race. We all come from Adam, right? We all were birthed through Adam and Eve We are all human beings, right? What happened is what man does as we all know What God has a line for good we take it and we take it the other direction so what happens is God says we're all one human race, but because man when I say man, I mean mankind, has to always make meaning of something. So when they're making meaning of something, what was developed was the concept of race, which is different. So what that means is now race has a definition. Different races have definitions, right? To be white has a definition, to be black has a definition, brown, yellow, red. Those were kind of the the beginning of the races back in the 17, 1800s was those five uh, colors. So they all have meaning now, right? Um, And we have to understand that during this conceptualization of of, of race, we have to understand where it came from. And I I like to say this and see the people's shock on their faces, but Christianity actually had a hand in creating the concept of race as we know it today. So there's a lot of historical data and research, and that's what I was alluding to before, Took me years, about six, seven years of research, focus groups, interviews, uh, reading. I can't tell you how many books and journals and articles I dug through from a historical uh, perspective just to figure out how race started. And you can see how Christians from Europe, when uh, Europeans started migrating and immigrating to the new world uh, back in the 1600s, how they started developing this concept of race actually using scripture um and one thing i like to, to point out if you think about uh, there's a law called the um the law of baptism which is in 1667. the law of baptism was made in virginia where what happened was whites actually changed what baptism meant to, to accommodate slavery So what basically it's saying well and you can look this up it's called the baptism law of 1667 what happened was they said when you get baptized it was a sign of freedom that's how we know it's a sign of freedom spiritual freedom physical freedom but what they did with the law of 67 they said baptism now means as a white person or a white indentured servant uh baptism now meant freedom right You're free from spiritual, physical um, elements. But if you were black, you were only free in the spiritual, not physical. That because of the the economic benefits they got from the slaves. So that's just an example of something we need to learn that's new um, as as we move forward.
1: Well, let's continue to drill down on this in our next segment. If you tuned in, you picked a great episode. Don't miss the wrap up segment coming up next.
0: Phoenix Christian believes strongly in its rich history and bright future, now equipping students from pre-K through 12th grade. Learn how you can help continue its legacy of Christ-centered education at phoenixchristian.org forward slash support. You're listening to The Beacon, presented by Phoenix Christian.
1: Hey, well, welcome back to The Beacon. We're so glad that you tuned in today. We're so honored to have on the program Dr. Jeff McGee. And uh, we're thrilled to be, have the chance to kind of highlight an overview uh, his recently released book. And uh, the book title is One Human Race, Five Stages to Empowering Transformative Change. Um, Dr, Dr. McGee, thank you again for being on the program. Really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, it's just great to be here. Love having. Yeah, a
1: well, and you know, we were talking a little, there's a little history lesson you gave us in the last segment as to how even the church plays a role in the, in the race conversation. And before we continue the conversation, I just want to say that, you know, it's one of those things that it's, a, it's clearly, it's a hot button topic. It triggers some folks, race is a, is a, is a key thing. But I think everybody that has uh, an opinion or a perspective on the conversation about race, there aren't, I don't think, I don't know if there's anybody who'd say, hey, there's nothing to talk about here. Yeah. I think all of us, regardless of where we think this conversation is at, should be at, should go, has been, I just don't know anybody who would say, you know, it's just not important. You know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's it is important. It's critically important. And I think sometimes it gets shelved just because we don't, we, we don't know where to start. We're not sure it's too big. It's too, and if I say, if I say this, even though I might be well-meaning, what if somebody misinterprets what I said or my heart, and and maybe that greater risk of being misconstrued or misunderstood uh, keeps me from taking a risk of of having a good conversation and really listening the way that we should, and and if I feel that way, does that is that a bad case of the normals or is that unique?
3: Yeah, that's that's normal, and I hear that all the time. You know, I bet. Are, are really. They don't want to offend other people, so they just don't want to talk about it. They don't know what to say. So, they don't so it, it,
1: in my effort to not offend people, am I offending people? Yeah, I think I
3: would say <laughs> there's a risk, yeah, right? Yeah, it, you kind of are because you, you're you kind of putting something on the back burner, the burner that's so important. Um, yeah, it, I, can, I can see it. Final.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so think- what do we do? How do we get from 1667, where even the church unwillingly or unintentionally may have played a part in this, to, to today? You know, in the, in the global pandemic of 2020 and now 2021,
3: yeah. uh,
1: where we have a heart to, uh, to really listen and understand, uh, you know, what can we gain? If we get your book in, is there some tools in there? Is there an opportunity that will allow us to enter into the deep waters of an important conversation with a little more, or I should say a little less fear and
3: trepidation? And that's, and that's a great question, uh, because that's why you know, I wrote the book. Uh, for people just to gain an understanding Sure, and I did not write the book just from my own opinion as I said I did years and years and years of research and you can you know a reader can look up Everything that I wrote in the book and you can confirm it through laws and through different practices um, And different ideologies. you can confirm everything that's in the book and even you know in, in scripture You can confirm a lot of the things that I've said in the book um, but I do highlight you know, some tools that we could use to start building better collaboration. And I think, excuse me, the way the books, you know, uh, aligned is part one really gives us an understanding of what race is and the concept of race. And some of these terms that we hear that we're really not sure about, right? We hear about privilege, we hear about supremacy, we hear about prejudice and racism. So what does that mean? So this book really gives some definitions and some understandings. Then part two of the book, equips people, gives you some tools to use so you can start your journey. Um, and a lot, I'm getting a lot of great feedback from people all across the, the country or across the world, I would say, regarding this book, um, because it does have a part that we can dive into people can start uh, putting some of these things into practice, uh, start building relationships with someone that's diff- culturally and racially different than you. Um, and it's okay if you say something wrong. I say things wrong all the time. And that's where grace, that's where mercy, <laughs> comes in, and that's what God calls us to have in relations with one another. And we can learn together. Um, so I really want people to just understand the book is uh, it, it's informative, um, but it's also motivating. And I like the word empowering, right? And that's, what, that's why I put that in the title. It's empowering. It's it's causing us to move forward with change. Um, and uh, so so I really hope people, when they get the book, a copy of the book, they really uh, can sit down have a mind to, to learn and a mind to move forward.
1: Well, you know, Jeff Blake, you, 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 one of the things that I think we celebrate on the campus of Phoenix Christian is that God has painted uh, with a very broad brush uh, of what is now really a melting pot of, of the body of Christ, of the community that the school is located in. When you hear the things that Dr. McGee's talking about, how critical do you think it is to have a book and a tool like this for, for all of us Uh, in the settings that we're, we're moving in culturally now in this era.
2: It's enormous and it's taking the principles of scripture and, and helping us apply them specifically. And so in that, I want to just highlight something that we actually mentioned off air that one of the struggles of academics is we often can encourage environments of regurgitation, uh, from our students and not, um, the capacity to critically analyze. And so Dr. McGee, in the five stages that you've outlined in the book, you draw, individuals into a the the self-discipline of analyzing their thought analyzing historical context uh which then leads to through the stages leads to influence yeah
3: yeah there's uh so i wrote the book and i'm actually going to be really putting out more research uh, and writings on this the idea of triple loop learning and and jeff you're you're highlighting it And, and Triple loop learning is when we're asking ourselves, how do we learn in the first place and challenging those frameworks of how we learn information. Who told us this information? Uh, What framework, what perspective is this information being taught? So when we're utilizing this triple loop learning, we're really able to go back and start asking questions again. We're starting to learn, relearn again, even as adults, we're starting to relearn again um which i think is critical as we go through these five stages that i outline on how we can start
2: enacting transformative change well yeah. it's
1: it's super exciting go ahead
2: jeff oh no i i just want to i want to highlight that it's you know b- being a school leader and, and a shepherd of, of young people it it begins even as i'm reflecting and listening to you even for for a new student to break into a school middle of the year has its challenges even though physically And maybe even socioeconomically, they're all alike. And there's just these challenges are enormous. And to begin to equip with a book like this to influence a school, to influence churches, uh, decision makers on how best to guide people with the fundamental call of Christ that we love one another and the the freedom that you've given us here to approach it from an academic perspective, too. I just I want to applaud and I want to thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. And and Jeff, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's... The, the, the whole framework of this book, and not only the book, everything that I do at my consulting firm, is based on loving God and loving people. It, it's just that simple. Loving people. And this book is just a tool to help us love people. That, that That's basically what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we were, again, talking off air a little bit of how, how easy it is for us to complicate uh, a pretty simple concept you know, that, that Christ left us with to, to, Hey, you know what, keep these two things. You're going to keep all the commandments, love God, love people. This is it. This is what, this is what matters. And, and Dr. McGee, again, Jeff and I are grateful that you joined us on the program today. We applaud you for uh, the diligence that I'm sure it took to uh, compile all of the information and, you know, for a guy like me, I want to thank you for putting all, all doing all of that legwork, doing all of that research and putting it on the bottom shelf so that somebody like me could pick it up and benefit from it. And I, for one, am going to uh, have the opportunity to go through the book. I'm excited about it. I look forward to sharing it with other folks um, and implementing and really listening uh, to the truth that you've compiled. And I'm, I'm stoked about it. And uh, for our listeners. Uh, Dr. McGee has uh, created a special offer. I'll let him outline that. But if you're intrigued by what you've heard, if you're curious as to whether or not you're part of the solution or maybe perpetuating the problem in, in this area or this category, then uh, we encourage you to get a hold of the book and, and check it out. Dr. McGee, I'll let you extend the offer that you mentioned.
3: Yes, for, uh, for, so for listeners, uh, I spoke with the publisher and we're able to offer a 50% discount on the book. Um, and you can have an author signed copy sent to you, uh, using the, the code coupon code PC for Phoenix Christian PC is not case sensitive. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, 50% off the book would love to get this book into your hands. Um, and then also hear your thoughts on the book. And, so and
1: that, that's, that's awesome. I, I love it because I can now spend the same amount and get two books and share it with a friend. Where do we go to put in our code and buy our book?
3: Yes, so you can just simply go to www.onehumanracebook.com. So it's onehumanracebook.com. And you'll click on order book, put how many books you want, and then, again, click on the coupon tab and put PC.
1: Hey, that's great. And listeners, again, that's a link that if you're listening to this on podcast, you can find uh, in a hyperlink associated with the podcast. We'll make sure that's up. And, again, Dr. McGee, congratulations on, uh, you know, coming away from the pandemic with something to show for it. You know, problems present opportunities and it's been a big problem for uh, our world to have to navigate the pandemic. And yet uh, the opportunity was presented for you to get off of the, the uh, you know, the treadmill, um, albeit a good one, the blur of activity that God has you on to,
2: uh, to get this knocked out. And we're all very grateful, aren't we, Jeff? Oh my word, Dr. McGee, thank you. Thank you for your service to the board of Phoenix Christian you speak into to our world and help us to better serve students. And I wanted to also give you a platform, if someone were interested in working with you on a consultancy level, how would they go about doing that?
3: Yeah, so on that website that I gave, uh, it's also my website, which is uh, www.drjeffmagee.com. They can go there and uh, they can just send me a message and
2: um, we can communicate that way. That's wonderful, and again, I want to want to give my endorsement. And uh, we're a better school for it, Dr. McGee. I just on a, on a selfish level, I still remember sitting with you and sitting with my small group, and you gave us some topics to help us better understand resources and access to resources, and um, broad definitions of resources beyond beyond money and how that impacts how we relate and engage. And you know, undoubtedly, as is the nation um, in the last week and a half has been gripped in Another revealing and pulling back the curtain as to how divided we are. Um, I want you know we applaud what you do reaching across, reaching cross culturally and want to thank you for your leadership in our community.
3: Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on here, Steve. Appreciate
1: yeah, you it. bet, man. We're just stoked. We're so thankful for you personally and professionally, and as Jeff mentioned, as it relates to Phoenix Christian and and uh, I'm just really looking forward to diving into the book. I hope our listeners will take advantage of that offer and and uh, and go to onehumanracebook.com put in their, their code PC and received your signed copy, take a look at it, buy some for friends. Again, Dr. McGee, thanks for being on the program. Thank you. So, yeah, so Jeff, uh, with the remaining time that we have, we'd love to hear a little bit about what God's doing in, through, and around Phoenix Christian.
2: Well, you bet, Stephen. Just building on, um, on everything that Dr. McGee has shared this morning, again, as our nation, at, at the time of this recording, we've gone through a couple difficult weeks as a nation. And as our students step on campus every day, it's an opportunity to approach it from a biblical perspective. Ah, uh, to celebrate and affirm uh, the throne of God, and the throne of God remains unshaken. And we're told in scriptures sometimes governmental structures will struggle, um, but we are to be obedient and trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit through the throne of God. And so, an opportunity to call our students into that this morning, even a glimpse into our chapel this week. Imagine uh, middle school and high school students listening to a chapel and learning better what it means to be clothed with the righteousness of God uh, intimately, and then to call other people into it. And so. I just wanna encourage the listener that God's um, ways are alive and well. We trust in the moving of his spirit and have built a a school of foundation on the word of God. And so we are blessed and honored to be a school that's meeting in person, uh, infant all the way through 12th grade. Every morning as our students step on campus, they're given a health screening and checked and then brought in. And we're taking very careful health precautions and regular cleanings of our campus to protect the health and safety and vitality of our students. And if there's anyone out there who would love to learn more about Phoenix Christian, the opportunity to be on campus in a Christ-centered school, we're hosting an open house on January 23rd beginning at 10 a.m. all the way through 1 p.m. And I invite the listener to to, to check out phoenixchristian.org where they can learn more more, more about launching life with Phoenix Christian. So I'm on behalf of Phoenix Christian, to Dr. McGee, to Steve Woods, thanks for an incredible episode this morning, an opportunity to learn better, how we can reach cross-culturally and love one another.
1: Thank you for tuning into The Beacon. Thanks again, Dr. McGee. Thank you to 960 The Patriot. We appreciate you, the listener. Catch another episode of The Beacon soon.